Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wednesday, and that means it is time for the latest episode of the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. Don't forget that you can catch the latest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. That is where and when you get the eps the day they come out instead of listening here on the podcast a week later like some kind of chump. You're about to hear the episode where I interview cinematic legend and angsty teen icon James Dean and the first Aztec ruler to make contact with European explorers, Montezuma. It was a fascinating talk, but before we get to that, a couple of quick announcements. This Monday, May 7th at 8 p.m., we're doing the first ever Famous Dead People Live. It's going to be incredible. We had the venue change on us last minute, so I really need all of you fans out there to come out and support us. The venue is now under St. Mark's Theater. I've said it on like 20 episodes previously that it was a different theater, but it's not anymore. It's under St. Mark's Theater. This Monday, May 7th, 2018, 8 p.m., under St. Mark's Theater. Fred Trump, the Wright Brothers, is going to be a barn burner at under st mark's theater nowhere else jarrettberenstein.com for all the latest famous dead people at radiofreebrooklyn.org to hit us up but for now sit back relax and enjoy montezuma and james dean only on famous dead people famous dead people. it's time famous dead people. time to start the show famous dead people, famous dead people. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century American actor James Dean. Shut up. And 16th century American ruler of Tenochtitlan, the first Aztec ruler to make contact with Europeans, Montezuma. You nailed it. Uh, Tenochtitlan's a tricky one. Uh, Tenochtitlan. Yeah, I remember that from uh, from from growing up. Uh, Your Royal Highness Montezuma, uh, Mr. Dean, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Happy to be here. <laughs> it's an honor. You know. Of course. Uh, James Dean coming in hot. Yep. Man, telling me to shut up right off the, right out the gate. What's going on, man? You having a spicy afternoon? It's always spicy. So, so I, yeah. I understand that. Well, let me ask, well, that's actually uh, uh, a little on point with my first question for you. Okay. So you are classic. Oh, <sighs> if you... If you couldn't smoke in here, that would be dope. Would it be possible? Would you mind? No. So oh, you're just going to smoke in here? I'm going to smoke. Oh, but I'm right. not going to puff the whole time. Okay, I understand. Um, yeah, I mean, this is classic classic James Dean. Um, so you're the icon of teenage disillusionment. and mm-hmm. uh, You look really cool doing that. Social estrangement. Say. Thanks very much. Now, I Ma- hope kids do it. Now, Montezuma, you sh- if you look at James Dean, you think he looks really cool smoking. That may or may not be true, but you shouldn't smoke. Like smoking, smoking is really bad, and and if people are pressuring you into smoking, then you shouldn't do it. Well, I I, I think the studies are still out on that. No, no, I think that it's been a pretty the, the science has been established. You shouldn't smoke. Well, so, science is iffy, so there's magic involved in a lot of stuff anyway. <laughs> so it's we'll we'll always come out in the wall. Well, yeah. I'm I'm sure I'm sure we'll get your odd take on that, but just you know, as a general rule, I would say because it seems like you're being. Um, uh, influenced by the image of James Dean, like he's a cool-looking dude. He's a cool-looking dude, I'm not... He's smoking a cigarette, but I don't want people to think that that's, like, the way that you be cool, you know? It could be that he has his T-shirt rolled up on one sleeve. That's pretty cool. That's pretty dope. And I would say, you know, roll up your sleeves if that's something that you want to do. Like, I encourage that. Look, I saw a camel standing up smoking a cigarette in a leather jacket, and I just knew that's who I wanted to be Mm, in my life. 
That is uh, disappointing to hear that uh, you, James Dean, were the victim of a corporate campaign. That they engineered this image to to make you want to be cool like Joe Camel, and you fell for it. Just hook, line, and sinker. I just, hey, look, I was. My parents were telling me don't smoke, and this Camel with a with a convertible <laughs> was like, do what you want. And that guy lived in the sky on billboards, mm-hmm. and I thought. That he knows what's up. Gotcha. All right, listen, that's completely fine. You can do what you want to do. I'm just trying to encourage Montezuma to not smoke, to not start smoking if you haven't. I look, I could smoke as much as I want. I'm fit as a fiddle. I'm part God, for Christ's sakes. Oh, can... can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. Uh, but let's go back to James Dean for just a moment. So, icon of teenage disillusionment, social estrangement. Mm-hmm. But I'm reading on your Wikipedia that, you know, you were a pretty popular kid growing up. You're a good student. You got good grades. You did sports, you were great at public speaking and acting at a very young age. Like, you were engaged as a young man and popular. Is that right? That's totally right, yeah. Okay. So I, then, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was popular. I Everybody loved me, mm-hmm. and and everyone told me I was great. My teachers were like, you're a wonderful student. Uh, all my friends were like, you're a good friend and a great teammate. And I was like, fuck bad you were like fuck this yeah overwhelming warm support yeah i just was so supported and loved and everyone bought everything for me Mm. and really like everyone gave me their food even the starving children and i so even the hungry kids that went to school with you would give you their food not even just the hungry kids the starving kids So there were starving kids? Yeah, one kid. That went to your high school? Oh, yeah. Starvey. His real name was Harvey, but... Um, mm-hmm. Starvey Harvey. Nickname's a nickname, you know? Hey, I mean, especially the time that you grew up, like, it wasn't as of an anti-bullying culture back then. No, and so very pro-bullying. <laughs> very pro-bullying. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, people I, give That's you the why food. I was so popular. Because was, you were a bully? I was the best bully. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's why I was good at sports, because I was... Used to taking bats and hitting people with them and gotcha. tennis rackets and golf clubs. Anything that you would hit something with, you had experienced hitting like a nerd or a dork with that thing. Yeah. And so you were dope at it. You're really good. I, you know, it's just, I was just good and practice makes perfect. And I live near 100, 150 total nerds. <laughs> so I just had a lot. It's like living by a stocked pond full of fish. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. what it was. And you want to, and, and if you want to practice fishing, you know, there's a there's no better place to practice fishing than a, a barrel that has fish in it. Yep. And then sometimes when you run a nerd down on the way home and on his own lawn, you slam him with a baseball bat, and he gets up and says, "That was great. You're a real supportive friend." <laughs> it just teaches you, you know. You're like, this world ain't isn't right yeah shit so i I mean i can see how that kind of support would be smothering you know like like uh montezuma you were you born royalty you know basically you had this kingdom handed to you you know i just want to oh sorry go ahead animals beckon me to shoot them (laughs) animals beckon you to shoot them. i went deer hunting once and a deer i swear you know i can't be sure because i was you know smoking cigarettes but i swear the deer waved me on with his hoof <laughs> as though to say, come on. And he had lifted his head up and sort of pointed to his head with his hoof, like, hmm. shoot me here. Do you think you could have been uh, mentally ill or depressed? No. 
it's definitely the, just helping out helping yeah, someone else. I'm yeah. willing to. Oh, you think maybe the deer was depressed? Yes. I oh, think the deer could have been depressed. Mm. I think that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that. I'm not sure. I mean, just based on the way the story sounds, it sounds like the deer wanted you to have the experience of shooting him. You know, like he just thought that you were really cool and he wanted to be shot by James Dean. Oh, I know what bullshit, right? <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, Montezuma. You know, you probably had some experience with this. Like, you know, you're 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 born to royalty. You're part part god. Yeah. There's Did you a, ever feel that kind of smothering support that James Dean experienced when he was growing up? I felt that kind of uh, that noblesse oblige that uh, mm-hmm. you would uh, feel as a, as a royal, as someone who has responsibility. Whether it's mm. often uh, not just beating up nerds, but helping nerds. If they are starving, give them a little bit to keep them going to serve you and, and make you stronger. Gotcha. And so you had um, a, a little bit more of a benevolence to your bullying, like you need to support them in order to feel the full force of your bullying. Is that right? Well, I, I, I dabbled early on with killing an entire village just to do it. But I found out mm-hmm. that I could not take advantage of that village anymore once they were all dead. Mm, yeah, that's right. Lest I travel to the realm of Shibalba. Gotcha. Like, and I was not going to do that again. <laughs> oh, no, you do not want to go to the realm no, of Shibalba. Um, just from the stories that I've heard. There's a whole dagger room down there, which is garbage. A dagger room yeah. in the realm of Shibalba? Yeah. Where they stab you? It's just knives flying around all the time. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, the, that's how bad it is. It's like... The they, they don't even need a person to do the stabbing. They're just, it, the knives are just flying around by themselves. They just do it themselves. You just you want to stay away. So, yeah, uh, speaking of this, no, uh, what do you call it? Noblesse oblige? No, yes, where, you know, we, we have a duty. So, ah, yes, uh, to, make the, uh, to make the very sunrise, we have duties of sacrifice. Mm, yes, of course. Sometimes that sacrifice is getting up to perform a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that sacrifice is being the person whose heart is being cut out and then mm. kicked down the side of a temple. Sometimes that sacrifice is just, you know, like like saying a, smiling at a stranger as you're walking down the street. Yeah, that, that's roughly comparable, <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so... Kicking uh, stones. In, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. in this vein, um, so your name translates to uh, he who is angry in a noble manner. And I wanted to ask you about that. Do you feel like that describes you correctly, like angry in a noble manner? Because there's some contradictory primary source material about exactly what kind of a ruler you were. But that's what your name translates to. Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a kind of a, uh, I don't know, uh, an impotent rage that you see a lot. You know, some guy uh, bumps into another guy in line and he flips out knowing he can mm-hmm. do nothing. Whereas my anger is pretty solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this frown carries a, a level of import to it where it's maybe i've upset someone maybe he's going to cut my heart out and kick me down the side of a temple mm-hmm. yeah gotcha like almost like a regal anger that sort of thing yeah i, I think uh, the same way that uh, a, a, a nerd will appreciate the craft of bullying when he gets hit with yes, a bat or something. Yes. if it's a particularly good bully then yeah. even the bullied will go you know what Props, respect. Yeah, that, was, that was classy the way he did that. Could you give us an example? Like, let's say um, I cut you in line at Starbucks, and you're going to be angry in a noble manner about that. Would you be able to give me a little taste of that? Yes, I would stare the person down first okay. because sometimes we're not sure they've done something wrong. Gotcha, gotcha. And these 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 eyes I got are something. Yes. This brow, They're very impressive. Rarely unfurled. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. they were there already. You never yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and also thank you for, for uh, saying that because a lot of people, they come on the show, they, they forget that it's radio and they just start with the stare, with the icy stare. And I'm like, nobody at home understands what's happening right, right. now. Right, yes. 
Okay, so yeah. you're saying you you give the icy stare, you give me the icy stare for cutting you in line. Yeah. All right. And then I would just, uh, some I'm working on being able to strangle people just by looking at them. Okay. All right. It's kind of a work in progress as it is. Understood. Yes. And then I would either kick them so hard in the chest that they would fly through the back of a stone structure. Okay. Or I would have a couple of my goons tear them apart. Understand. Okay, I get this. So I thought that the the sort of like the noble manner was going to be more tempered, but it sounds to me like it's just more violent. You would not, my face would not change. Oh, okay. This is, this is me as I'm drinking a coffee. This is me as I'm punching someone through a tree. Okay. Now, you know, we've one of the one of the most gifted young actors with us right now, James Dean. Do you think that you'd be yeah. able to do like a line reading with a uh with a with a, a noble angry manner? I mean, of course. I totally get what he's talking about. Okay. It's like being mad at your dad all the time. <laughs> it's like exactly what it is. That's exactly what it was, yes. You know what? And okay. life's unfair whether you get cut it's Starbucks or your dad's like, don't take your motorcycle out. Mm-hmm. You just want to kick him in the stomach through a stone structure. Yeah, yeah I am really yeah. picking that up. Or just I'm take really, your yeah. take your bike and just do a donut in the living room. <laughs> yeah. What line do you want me to do? Uh, God, let's see here. What's um, uh, you know, you know your famous line from uh from from Rebel Without a Cause. You're tearing me apart. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, would yeah. you would you give us the you're tearing me apart, but with the uh angry noble angry manner that Montezuma is famous for. Okay. You ready? Yes. This is the stare part. <laughs> I'm staring him down. And now you're tearing me apart. You nailed that. Yes. Wow. Mm. On point. I got shivers. Thank you. No, thank you, yeah. Mr. Dean, for that uh, command performance. Uh, let's go back over to you for just a moment. So you were born in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, your family moves out to Los Angeles when you're six, but then when you're nine, you move back to Indiana because your mom passes yeah. away. And I'm very sorry to hear that, by the way. That's okay. Uh, hey, uh, do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Spell I cup. Spell I cup. Yeah. Are you trying to bully me into? <laughs> so I'm. You. You want me to say I C U P? That's like a bully thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Now I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if that counts because like I called it out, like I knew what was happening. I mean, you know. if you're scared, you could just say it. <laughs> all right, just classic bully tactics. Uh, so what I wanted to know though, nice. so all right, what I wanted to know about you, James Dean, so you recognize game. You're in <laughs> L.A. for three years, but you're very young. Yeah. Um, and then you moved back to Indiana. Had mm-hmm. you gotten a sense of what L.A. was like? Like, did you? Have any feelings about going back to Indiana after you'd already been exposed to uh, Los Angeles? Yeah, it was tough. It was real tough because mm-hmm. I loved surfing and fucking on Venice Beach. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you were between the ages of six and nine is when you were living in L.A. originally. <laughs> so you're saying that what you miss, what you what you thought you would miss, were surfing and fucking on the beach. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We grew up fast in the city. <laughs> yeah. And I went back to Indiana, and there was none of that. There was mm. mostly toys and paint. Yeah, this and, typical nine-year-old stuff. Yeah, and I just felt trapped, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you ever try to bring, like, a little bit of the L.A. lifestyle back to uh, Indiana with you? Yeah. I always told my friend uh, Kathy to rollerblade on the board on the beach. Mm-hmm. She didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> For she a lot like, of reasons. Yeah. She's like, you want to go play? 
That's what we did. Gotcha. Yeah, I can understand how that would be. Uh, but I taught her how to smoke. You taught you taught her to smoke. That's yeah. terrible, James Dean. Well, I mean, yes. She probably looked pretty cool <laughs> as she did it. She looked great. Montezuma, where'd you get those cigarettes from? <laughs> I, I crafted them. Montezuma, don't smoke. I look. I think don't it's smoke, Montezuma. Check me out. Look, I'm putting it in my armband now. <laughs> It's yeah, kind of see, resting there for later. I got no problem with that. But here's the thing. When you roll up cigarettes in an armband, you, you know, that could be anything. Like, you don't know what it is. Why don't you put something good in there? Like a, I don't know, like a like a little book or... Um, a little book? A little book. That's you what? That sounds roll like nerd. A little or... book up in your sleeve or... What's a little book? One that you mm. have to, like, put real close to your eyes or take a magnifying glass to You've read. You've seen little books, right? You've seen little books I've seen before. like a pocket Bible. Yeah, stuff like that. You, you want know? me to put a Bible Bibles in Bibles aren't the I... only books that you can make small. You can make any book that size. I, I'd prefer not to discuss Bibles. Oh, they yeah. Are, I guess yeah, that's a little bit of a sore subject for, subject for me. Uh, if you're just joining us on Radio Free Brooklyn, this is Famous Dead People, and my guests today are 16th century Aztec ruler Montezuma. Hello. And 20th century American actor James Dean. I hate you. What? Why? I'm just talking to the listener. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That's even, that is even less warranted. Uh, let's go back to Montezuma for just a moment. So you're very well known in indigenous American ruler. Uh, but I don't know if you're aware of this. Your name has kind of been co-opted for a couple of other things. For example, Montezuma's Revenge was the game for Atari. Yeah, yes. Montezuma's Revenge is also a ride at Six Flags. Get to the diarrhea part. And, well, I'm sorry. You know, it, it, it's, it's a little disrespectful. Yes. And so I, I, I understand I your I should, reticence. I thought it I should build up to it. Easily have angered me. And it has because mm-hmm. <laughs> the idea that my revenge will be as trivial as giving diarrhea to people coming from uh, Des Moines mm-hmm. uh, when they come to visit my country, which is still my country. Yes, of course. It is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Gotcha. A so, true reckoning will come for all those who have gone against me. I include in that the Catholic Church, the Protestant mm-hmm. Church, calling okay. in afterwards. Uh, um, all of governments. All all of governments? Yes. Okay. Where they have uh, decided to tread upon my territory, the governance of all people. Okay, I understand. So you're saying unequivocally that you have nothing to do with the specific diarrhea that people... Go, go to Central America, drink the water, and are unaccustomed to bacteria so they get diarrhea. That has nothing to do with you. When Montezuma gets his revenge, they will drink water, <laughs> and their organs will liquefy, and mm-hmm. their hearts will come out of their butts. Gotcha, gotcha. So, not, not, not an upset stomach from Senor Frogs. <laughs> from Senor Frogs. I mean, but that's not, so that's not a curse. You know, that's not, is that anybody's curse? Like, is that any specific? um... I think it's people who aren't used to eating any food with any (laughs) spice or flavor to it. All of a sudden can't handle it. And there's some bacteria in the water, which you kind of have to grow up with. Yeah. But, uh. Need to get accustomed to. Um. You you might even say it's, uh, tearing them apart. (laughs) Tearing them apart from the inside. Yeah. Yeah, That would be the actual Montezuma's revenge. Just if you drink the water and it literally tore you apart. It would never be something as trivial as diarrhea, is what we're saying. Yeah, if I if I'm mad, I'm gonna I'm gonna literally kill you, mm-hmm. which well, I've I've done. Let which... me ask you this, um, because as I mentioned before, there were there is a lot of contradictory information about you. For example, one writer uh, who was writing about the Cortez expedition, uh, his name was Bernal Castillo. <laughs> uh, he said a lot of complimentary things about you. Oh, right. <laughs> so... I, I wouldn't I wouldn't keep up, but that's not my concern. <laughs> I understand. Uh, one of the things he said about you, so there's a giant list of positive attributes, clean, uh, dressed well, even-tempered, and then he adds in, 
quote, he was quite free from sodomy. Um, okay. And I, I just kind of want to get your take on that because it seems like a weird thing to include in a list of nice things that you were quite free from sodomy. That to me, that I, I scoff because that's it's damnation through faint praise. If you are a true all of a person, you're going to say pretty clean. Um, <laughs> doesn't seem to be obsessed with sodomy. Gotcha. gotcha. That's <laughs> doesn't maybe seem things to be would, obsessed with sodomy. That's maybe stuff you would just take for granted about a person. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of the uh, the. 16th century version of well-spoken, gotcha, uh, kind of gotcha. very so articulate, backhanded Thank you. compliment. I don't need that. <laughs> I I run an empire. I make the sunrise every Excuse day. Excuse me. I don't need you to tell people that I am not completely obsessed with sodomy and, and then, that I yeah. hardly ever practice it. And you know what? Here's what mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not obsessed with sodomy. What's the first thing you think of? That you're obsessed with sodomy. Obsessed obsessed with sodomy. With sodomy. Me sodomy. thinks he yeah. doth protest too much. Yeah. Yes, so, I understand. Yeah. With friends like him, I need none. <laughs> Sounds like bad writing. It's terrible writing. <laughs> so, if he was a good writer, he wouldn't have been shipped over to my world. Yeah. Mm, sh- shipped over to uh, to uh, Central America. That's right. Yeah, if, if, if you're a good writer back then, uh, in the, um, in the uh, 16th century, you know, they just let you stay where you are and write about there. They don't send you off to write about new things. That's right. I'm assuming. No, yeah, you're, you'd be writing about, like, galleons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Galleons. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of material there. I still think there's some there's some meat left on the bone as far as, like, what we're going to write about galleons. Uh, let me toss it over to you real quick, James Dean. So your first major acting job, uh, you moved back to Los Angeles. Uh, it was a Pepsi commercial. And I'm wondering if you remember that Pepsi commercial at all. Of course I do. Yeah. You, you remember the the Pepsi commercial that was your first paid acting gig? Oh, yeah. I, of course, you never forget your first paid acting gig. Would you mind walking us through what the commercial entails and what you did in it? Of course. Absolutely. So if you remember, it was um, what year again? Um, I don't have that down here. Um, let's, I mean, it would have to be sometime in the 1950s, I'm assuming. I remember the exact year. Okay. It was sometime in the 50s. (laughs) And I remember exactly the Pepsi commercial. Mm -hmm. Here's what happened. You ready? Yes. There's a housewife and she's goes, oh my God, she's pouring water and there's no bubbles in it. Right. Mm -hmm. Boring. Boring. Yeah. (laughs) That's what she keeps yelling at this glass. <laughs> this housewife is yelling at a glass of still water that it's boring. She goes, boring, mm-hmm. boring, boring. And then her husband comes home, kicks in the door and says, what is this? And then the kids come in and both of them are, um, both of them have the little, um, wheel uh you know how like cartoons have wheel legs when they're running yeah right so they have the yeah, wheel yeah. legs they run in but this is a live action um yeah oh that <laughs> that took a year that took a year to get oh my god get, right um and you know the water uh just f- falls on the ground and smoke starts to rise from it okay sort of like a mist mm-hmm. and they all fall down dead and um a communist walks in <laughs> Jesus. And says, I did this. My name is Coca-Cola. <laughs> and then I come in and I punch that communist. This commercial is an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm thinking, so very top, this housewife looking at a glass of still water. And is like, this is so boring. She's yelling at this is so boring. And I'm like, okay, here comes Pepsi to save the day. Yes. Instead, her kids 
are running so fast that they have a little wheel leg thing happening, uh, which does not happen in real life. No. Uh, bizarrely, in this live-action commercial, it does happen. Not naturally, but you can make people do pretty much anything. I mean, if you have the power of a living God, is that what you're saying, Montezuma? I mean, if you motivate people the right way. I'm sure those kids wanted to do a good job. The director mm. knew how to motivate them. And gotcha. So, I totally agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then uh, a smoke starts to rise mm-hmm. from the ground. Yes. Uh, and it kills the mother and the children who had just run in. And the father. And the father. Oh, I forgot the father kicked in the door as well. Yes. Which, again, I thought that was going in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all dead. A communist walks in and says, I did this, and then you punch him. Yeah, and you forgot. Uh, he says, my name is Coca-Cola. My name is Coca-Cola, of course. Yeah. Yes, so this is more of a like a smear campaign ad where it's not it's not just saying how good your product is, but also how bad another product is. Yeah, but then I also jumped over the house in a motorcycle. <laughs> So you punch the but communists, the you jump over. Do you ever say Pepsi-Cola? Do you ever say anything never about this? Once. No, never? No. Oh, wow. So this was literally just a, a negative ad. This uh-huh. is just a smear campaign. Well, you forget that Coca-Cola is a red logo. Right. And, so, and that's the thing about the communist menace was it was just that insidious, you know? Hmm. Yeah, it just could. You it, never it could, knew. And even come you, from anywhere. You think a commercial's going one direction, then bam, communism. Yeah. And that's, that was a moral, like, you got to keep everybody on their toes, because yeah. otherwise, these Reds mm-hmm. are going to come in here and take over our country, a la um, that movie from the 1980s. Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Thank you yes. very much, Montezuma. Um, you know, we're we going to have to take a, a break really quickly, but um, I'd like to ask you uh, about a different man, Montezuma, who wrote about you, a man named Bernardino de Sagan, yeah. uh, who, that is an appropriate reaction, yes. because he said that you were not a good ruler, that you were weak-willed, superstitious, and indulgent. Indulgent? Indulgent, yes. And into sodomy. No, he didn't say anything about sodomy, but that might be like a, you know, a lie of omission sort of a thing. Well, look, I'm I'm, I'm not at all obsessed with sodomy. Ah, you can't say that, Bob. We covered that. Um, Okay. (laughs) Imagine the most brightly colored birds you can. Okay. As many as you can. All right. That is but a speck of the amount of brightly colored birds I own. All right. So is that indulgent? I think that's maybe. (laughs) But I also definition of indulgence. I have a program set up to give brightly colored birds and their feathers to children who would otherwise not have these birds in their lives. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a good. That's indulgent. I am guilty as charged and indecisive. Mm -hmm. No. No, not indecisive at all. Never. Okay. Uh, Not weak-willed. You would say either. I want to actually want to go back to the, the indulgent thing. I think it's actually not <laughs> indulgent to have that many birds. I, I think, think it's what a good ruler. People want to see that in a good ruler. So you think that just by virtue of being the ruler, you're expected to have a lot of birds. Otherwise, what kind of ruler are you? Image is important. Yes. You know, for as much for as much grief as we give, you know, James Dean for just looking cool while he's smoking cigarettes and driving around his motorcycle. Like image is important to the actual context of what you're doing in great movies like East of Eden and Rebel Without a Cause and Giant, and that's literally it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and so the same way that we have, like, an in, in, uh, opulent White House with fabulous state dinners, like, it's important that the president have that kind of esteem. So, to a ruler of your caliber... It's the, uh, the gospel of prosperity. The gospel of prosperity. That's what it's known as now, I believe. But Well, that's a Protestant thing, isn't it? Like, yes, I thought that was, that's for they, they took it. They, 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 
so much has been built up on the bones of my empire, it sickens me. Gotcha. Well, I think we can all agree that we're all fans of Creflo Dollar. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, I'm sorry, of who? Creflo Dollar. Creflo the, T. Uh, Dollar, I believe. Who's the, Creflo T. Dollar? Is he a rapper? He's the... Nope. No. <laughs> Not at all. He's a prosperity gospel preacher that we all believe in, mm -hmm. who asked his uh, congregation to buy him a, a G6 jet. Mm, I see. I won't say I believe in him, but I admire him. Once again, game recognized game. game gotcha, recognized gotcha. Game. Creflo T. Dollar is what his name was? Yeah. And yeah. he was a preacher. Is, I think. Yeah, he's, he's still, probably yeah. still alive. Wow. This is, uh, this just blows my mind. The... I you know I don't have a, a high opinion of uh, TV evangelists who bilk money out of people, and that is even more craven than I could possibly imagine. There is something to the world I think where if you just say to people like "Give me money for no good reason," they sometimes will just give it to you. You know? Yeah. I mean, you if have you cast a broad net. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Louis Mayer gave me a ton of money. Louis Mayer uh, from uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer is that what you're yeah. saying? Uh, but but obviously for acting and things. Yes. You know, not just because you said "Give me some money, please." Oh, yeah, you're right. That's <laughs> true. Uh, on, on that note, we will take a short break, unfortunately. But, but fortunately, we will be right back with James Dean and Montezuma on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 16th century American ruler of Tenochtitlan, the first Aztec ruler to make contact with Europeans, Montezuma. Yes. And 20th century American actor from such films as River Without a Cause, Giant, uh, East of Eden, and that is literally it, James Dean. And that is just a classic, <laughs> classic bully move to do that part there for me. Uh, James Dean, I'd like to ask you about one of your early non-acting jobs. I understand that you moved. Okay, but um, yeah, it just uh, it smells in here a bit because you just farted. No, that was you making a fart noise. <laughs> you farted. I really wish you wouldn't encourage him, Montezuma. He's a talented performer. How he's, a very, he's a very talented performer. I don't think that the bullying is indicative of how, of his level of skill. I think it's actually beneath him. And so I don't think that we should be encouraging this. I think the bully is the finest craft person there is out there. Oh, all right. Well, you know, well I might. we may have to agree to disagree on this one. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, James Dean, about one yes. of your earlier non-acting jobs. You moved to New York to study acting mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning of your career. You get a job 
um, as a stunt tester for the game show Beat the Clock, um, which I'm not, I'm not familiar with at all. So I have a lot of questions about that. Uh, but also I have a question because you were apparently fired from your job as a stunt tester because you were performing the tasks too quickly. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely right. So what exactly is this? So was it like a double dare sort of style stunts where like you had to walk across the room with an egg balanced on your head or something like that? Is is that what Beat the Clock was? Yeah, a lot of stuff like that. But obviously since it was in the 50s, there was no sort of safety about it at all. Mm, so gotcha. um, whereas Double Dare um, had a lot of like safety rules and, and things you couldn't you know, pour on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eat you, the clock. Uh, you can't pour molten gold on people. I found that out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, not anymore. But yeah, obviously, no, uh, this was commonplace back in your day, Montezuma. Yeah, as a as a prank, but it it kills them. Yes. Probably yes, not does. something good for double dare. And also, we should say literally kills. Like sometimes when you do a prank on someone and it quote unquote kills them, yeah. it just means they laugh really hard and they're like, "Hey, great prank." But we we mean they're dead. We mean yeah. that they're dead at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so sorry, James. And you were saying? No, it's okay. I was just. Thinking how cool I'd be covered in gold. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Don't cover yourself in gold, James Dean. I don't care yeah, how sorry. cool you We've think. We've lost it a lot would, of good people that way. I don't care how cool you think it would make you look. Montezuma, stop smoking. James Dean, do not cover yourself in molten gold. If you tell me not to do it, oh, Jesus I'm probably going to do it. Uh, oh. This kid will rebel against anything. Let me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I know what I have to do later. I have to go to my gold stash. Your gold stash? <laughs> yeah. I stored gold. You know, I can't stop you from doing anything outside the studio, but I'm just going to highly recommend that you don't pour molten gold all over your body, James Dean. I understand. Okay, so you were saying uh, about the stunts for the game show Beat the Clock. Yes, well, Beat the Clock was a game show, um, but it didn't have any safety regulations, yes. as I was saying. So Because it was the 1950s. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So I would do them always too quickly. And, you know, the, in general, the, the rules were like, you have to walk with an egg on your head. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, you had to make it across the room while... While... You had to run across the room while I'm firing a Tommy gun. (laughs) (laughs) It's a huge disparity between those two stunts. Well, you know, every other day there were... I feel like uh, on odd days we had a lot of winners. And on even (laughs) days we didn't so much. Gotcha. And so as you you would test out these stunts for them, (laughs) but you would do them too quickly. Is that right? Yeah. So like what would you, you would uh, like fire, completely empty the Tommy gun or something like right away? Is that, yeah. that's what the issue was. Was, you know, and you're, you're supposed to only like lean over like right behind them sort of a little bit. You're, but um, you're not supposed to lead them that much, but I would always like, just spray everywhere, like, you know. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Oh, you're supposed to, like, slowly follow them with a the Tommy you're gun. You're supposed to, you know, give them, a sh- give them like, a, a little bit of time to get across. But mm-hmm. um, uh, what but I you did would was, do, like, 1930s gangster style where you're, like, just firing at the side of yeah. a bank any which way. Yeah, it ended up being um, kind of um, straight-up murder. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> well, But, yes, but then the other days, I just ran with an egg too fast. <laughs> so... And they didn't like that. They didn't like they just... You know, it's funny because they didn't like either, but I think they hated the egg more. (laughs) That stands to reason. It's just like, we need you to slow down so we can practice our tracking shots or whatever we're doing. The only reason why we're testing these stunts at all. Yeah. And you're just going way too fast. Yeah. 
show business. That, you know? that, that is some Harrison Bergeron type shit. I trying agree. To, trying to shackle you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, is, greatness. that is a real liberal arts degree reference there. <laughs> oh, Montezuma. Yeah. Well, I've studied. Harrison I've studied. Bergeron. For those of you who didn't go to a liberal arts college like uh, like we, like we the three of us did, <laughs> uh, that is a short story by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. where they shackle down pa- talented people so you know the, the rest of the world can catch up. Yeah. So uh, Dope reference. Sorry, you were saying James That was Dean. sick. It was a sick <laughs> reference. Um, so the boss calls me to his office, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there covered in, you know, covered in egg. Uh, <laughs> they're, you know, the, the, the production people are burning a pile of bodies in the background. Okay. And all of a sudden I hear, um, we don't like your attitude, you know, mm-hmm. or um, you got to slow down, James. And that's what my dad told me, you know, you got to yeah. slow down, James. Back when I was trying to have sex at seven, <laughs> you know, and so and succeeding apparently, yeah, yeah. So I, so I just couldn't take it, you know, mm-hmm. and I just, I just yelled, you know, I, I, I just yelled at him, and then, I, and then I ran out of there, and I jumped over the studio in a motorcycle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I really wish you wouldn't encourage him, Montezuma. That is. That is unequivocally cool. <laughs> that is a, jumping is, over anything in a motorcycle but also, is cool, but also super dangerous, like crazy, crazy dangerous. Um, and let's, uh, you know, that was a fascinating story. But let's get back to Montezuma for just a moment, because uh, I feel like the more you talk, the more bad ideas you're putting into his head. Uh, one of the common stories about you, Montezuma, is that when you first saw the Spanish explorers led by Cortez, uh, you thought that they were gods, and that Cortez was specifically. <sighs> The god Quetzalcoatl. Yeah. Uh, but some historians disagree, uh, and saying that you were misinterpreted in, 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 you know, like your greetings to the to the Spaniards. So I was wondering if you would clarify for us, uh, you know, just yes or no. You know, did you think that Cortez was the Aztec <clears throat> god Quetzalcoatl? A couple points on that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, uh, I enjoyed indulging at times in handfuls of psychedelics. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, okay. we're, Ditto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you get your oh, head wrapped so around. Indulgent. So you were a little indulgent. We can Yes, say. Yeah. but never indecisive. <laughs> okay, so you were always like, I'm, I'm going to do a bunch of I actually psychedelics. Was a touching, yeah, I don't <laughs> I'm going to buy a bunch of birds. Yes. I'm going to do a bunch of psychedelics. Yes. You never wafered. So okay. you get you get your head wrapped around some peyote buttons, and, and all of a sudden, <laughs> some of these old stories were talking about people with shining heads of, of silver helmets mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. having beards like that Quetzalcoatl would shum open this way, and it, it roughly lined up in the, the time frame, right? So yes, yes, that's you true. can understand how a mistake could be made. And you said that it lined up in the time frame. That's that's a reference to the uh, the tying years. Is that right? Yeah, like, there's a prophecy that he's going to come back. Every and, 52 yeah. years is a tying year, and that's when all the weird things happen, all the big changes and stuff like that. Yeah. And so this... There's a, and weird stuff does happen. One time... Yeah, can you tell us, like, other tying years, like yeah. other things that, that took place? One time I saw a, a, a howler monkey... Uh, pick up another howl monkey and wear it as a hat, which is, <laughs> if you're not a naturalist, it's un- highly unusual. Wait, so you're saying, I just wanted to clarify something. So uh, someone would look at that and they would go, ah, this is the end time. Tying year. Yes. Tying year. Yeah. Tying that that year. was a common thing. You go, tying your stuff, right? <laughs> or you get bad weather. Oh, this is a tying it's, year. This is a tying year or yeah. what? Well, bad weather, that, that's pretty regular, right? You get bad weather. I mean, we get again. really bad weather, like howler monkeys uh, falling from trees on people. All the gotcha. Time. A lot of it was howler monkey A lot of this sounds related. very howler monkey related. So one of, the, one of the qualms that these historians have is that when you saw uh, Cortez, you said to him, uh, you have graciously come to earth. 
You have come down to your throne, which I have briefly kept for you. Um, but the reason why historians say that, that that doesn't necessarily mean that you thought that he was a god. Yeah, does that sound like me? <laughs> it doesn't sound like you. That's Good monologue, true. though. Uh, ooh. Oh, I'd, I'd love to get your read on that, actually, when, when we finish this. Uh, so, But some, some historians say that that was a thing that Aztecs did. They would say these, like, over-the-top things to people as, like, a nice thing, but they would typically mean the opposite. Yeah, they were, we were bitingly sarcastic frequently. Uh, so bitingly sarcastic. Yes, where I would say, oh, nice nice gold armband. Gotcha. Nice, nice jade <laughs> ear tube. And that would be considered being dragged seriously by me right then. Gotcha, It'd gotcha. Be roasted, that's what people would say. Awesome. Uh, but, I mean, it, the, the weird thing about this was it was described on the Wikipedia as, as doing something you would do to be polite. Is you would you would be this like level of sarcastic in order to be polite? Is that right? To keep a civil face on it before you immediately wage war on them. The real takeaway for me here is mm-hmm. that not that I briefly mistook Cortez for a god, okay, but that I almost immediately then tried to kill him. I see. Yes, You're, you were never truly safe. Mm, not around, not yeah. around Montezuma. Yes, uh, I do want to hear more about that. Uh, but before we do. James Dean, you got to do that line for us, man. So uh, when Montezuma saw uh, Cortez for the first time, he said, you have graciously come to earth. You have come down to your throne, which I have briefly kept for you. And, uh, and, you know, hey, the floor is yours, Mr. Dean. Please, grace us. Staring part. Yes. (laughs) I know exactly where I can edit this episode for time. You can... You have graciously come to earth. You have come down and saved my throne for you, <laughs> Dad. I really felt a lot of emotional stuff about Dad in there. You know, I you you added the Dad to it, yeah. but I kind of feel like it was implied. Like I kind of feel like it was in there, and it just needed an actor to get it out. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. was incredible. Uh, so uh, let's let's move on to some of your movie career, uh, James Dean. Uh, before filming East of Eden. Okay, but yeah, could you quit hitting yourself? Oh, uh, James Dean, stop! <laughs> hey, hey, cut it out, James, James Dean. Stop it! I just stop. I, I listen. This isn't this. I'm not hitting myself. James Dean is taking my arm and and hitting my own body with it. It's it's it's. Shall a, we pink in his belly? It's a really immature thing. Maybe after this show, Montezuma. Jeez, pink in his belly. You do pink in his belly. <laughs> I really want to separate you guys. Uh. So let's talk nice. about, really got to stop high-fiving. Uh, before filming East of Eden, which was a movie that was based on a book by John, John Steinbeck, uh, you met with him. You met with Steinbeck uh, yeah. as they were thinking about casting you for the for the part. Yeah. And he said that he didn't like you, but he thought that you were perfect for the role of Cal in East of Eden. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this meeting with John Steinbeck? Of course. He, yeah. yeah. So so do you, was there something that you did that maybe would have turned him off, but also made him think that you'd be really good as... Uh, as as the sort of like emotional teenager of Cal and East of Eden. Yeah, well, you know, I knew John was coming, mm-hmm. and so what I did was um, I laid a bunch of snares for him on the way. So, you know, when you come over to to my house, is by that time I'd made a lot of money, I think. And uh, just uh, doing commercials, just doing, and yeah, that Pepsi commercial. Little, that was a huge budget commercial. <laughs> Bit parts. It paid me in gold. Too. Well, you also nice. had um, oh, which you should not melt down and put on your body, James Dean. Just okay. wanted to clarify that. Okay. Uh, but now it's more <laughs> likely that I will. So, I mean, you had small acting roles in TV shows. I'm sure that that was uh, 
you know, enough for you to set up a little home of your own. Sure, of course. Yeah. And then on that. So you invite John Stomach over. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify something. Uh-huh. And you set up traps? Yeah, just snares. On, the, on the path. Okay. Well, in Indiana, you know, we learned how to tie a lot of traps and, and um, you know, dig holes and cover them back up on top. And mm-hmm. You put uh, pointed stakes at the bottom, right? Yes. Yes. Well. If you wanted to, if you wanted guess, to kill, kill them, whatever yeah. was <laughs> happening. Yeah. Kill traps. These are my more annoy a writer traps. Oh, yes. And so they were the... <laughs> we had those as well. Yeah. Here's the thing about uh, Steinbeck, too, is um, the guy, he loved carrots. Okay. And so what I would do is I would have a little box, and I would put a carrot and you would it. And you would tie a string to the to the stick that was holding open the box. Yeah. Um, so are you saying that John Steinbeck came to your house... Saw a carrot underneath a box with a stick with a string tied to it, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, good, a carrot!" And he got under into the box, and then you pulled the string, and then John Steinbeck was trapped in the box. Well, um, he sniffed it first. <laughs> he was a little reticent, and he sniffed it, and then he looked Just around. John Steinbeck was being careful, yeah, because you know he. He's been tricked before with yeah. carrots. He loves them so yeah. much. <laughs> Please, James Dean, go on. Of course, but he uh, he didn't sense danger, mm. so he finally agreed. And he produced his two huge front teeth. And he started to nibble on the carrot, and then yes, I, I pulled the string, and, and you trapped John Steinbeck. I trapped John Steinbeck. Okay, and obviously John Steinbeck is an adult human, and so he was able to easily remove the box off he, of him. No, no, he couldn't no? figure it out. He really, John Steinbeck? No, couldn't figure out how to get the box off of himself. I no. bet he was panicking at that point. <laughs> he certainly was. It's pretty scary. Yeah, when a box just drops on top of you. When I when I uh, later uh, opened it up, he was just um, sort of scratching himself with his back leg. <laughs> You know, John Steinbeck's two front teeth never stopped growing. That's why he had to always be chewing on stuff. I understand. <laughs> I didn't know that about Otherwise, John Otherwise, they can grow right through his bottom jaw. So for those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 20th century American actor James Dean. Yeah. And, who cares? <laughs> and 16th century Central Aztec ruler, Central American Aztec ruler Montezuma. Hello. Uh, so let's go back to Montezuma for just a moment. So... Uh, you were hosting the Spaniards in your home after you had originally greeted them. Um, and then the historical record is very unclear on this. At some point, you become their prisoner in your own home. But nobody really understands, like, how that happened. We know that, like, there was a falling out. There was a massacre at the Great Temple. But but how exactly did it come to pass that you were taken hostage and were a prisoner in your own home? Well, yes, uh... I'd like to, a couple points here once again. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, we had mainly stone weapons and tools. Yes. There are not a lot of uh, steel or iron or steel deposits in uh, Central America. I have, we to imagine they had, I have to imagine they had muskets at that time yeah, and as they, well. I mean, steel is just a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They obviously were disgusting people. Yes. They were filthy. They were all sick. And they so were all we're, sick. Yes. Gotcha. And so I put out... Uh, a bowl, a feast for them, which was uh, delicious, and featuring many foods which you might enjoy today. Mm-hmm. The testicle fruit, which I believe you call <laughs> avocado. Mm. And as I was serving them and about to serve myself, Cortez sneezed directly 
onto the food. Okay. When I took umbrage to this. Extremely rude of him, yeah. He sneezed directly into my mouth. Oh my God. Wow. So I flip out. I take a jug, smash it on his head. Oh my God. At which point, several of his attendants produce their weaponry, which... Of course, is more advanced than a yours. A little bit better than ours. Yes. And it kind of became a tussle. That initial sneeze, apparently, was full of all kinds of anthrax-laden, pox-laden bacteria spreading throughout. And it was like a domino setup where all of a sudden, everyone I saw around me just flopping over dead with boils and hives. Oh, my God. Bada boom, bada bing. All of a sudden, it's like six other guys, and then there's like 50 of the Spanish dudes. So, yeah, I became their prisoner because they're disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is their fault. They they were the... Uh, they were the offendees. Yes. They, sorry, they were their offenders. Uh, they did the first offense. They, they, they shot first, struck first with a sneeze. It was inappropriate and also, you know, unintentionally debilitating because of all the diseases that they had with yes. them. Yes. And you in know. addition to that, I saw personally several of them used the bathroom. Without washing their without hands. Without washing their hands. A bunch of fucking animals, these 16th yes. century Spaniards. Is that... Uh, a domino effect of giving you a disease that your body was not prepared to handle uh, where people got the idea for Montezuma's revenge. You're from. circling back to the diarrhea again. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I have nothing to do with the diarrhea. <laughs> I just want to say I'm interested too. Mm -hmm. this. It's yeah. just, you know, uh, I'm not saying that that's, that has anything to do with you, Montezuma. I'm just saying maybe that's where people's brains went. Like that's a, that's a direct line from A to B to C to figure out like, Oh, well this is a bit bacteria that we can't handle. I guess this is Montezuma getting back at us. Yeah, again, it's 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 just a matter of people preparing their stomachs for food that's not just hot dogs. Gotcha. Hot dogs and mashed potatoes. Well, yeah, you have not, do not have a high opinion of um of I guess uh, people from the Midwest. Well, you you, you put that, but no, I, I'm just saying that you know some people who maybe aren't prepared for being adventurous diners are going to get mm -hmm. a negative response. You're going to get a little bit of a uh, runny boom booms. Sorry, you're going to say. Also you know, it speaks to our will as a, a people to, to, to love a story, you know? People, they go down and they're shitting a lot. And they're like, well, there needs to be a story. <laughs> there must be a story for this. And so they come up with a revenge fantasy. I mean, they obviously had some kind of guilt that they were working off there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like this isn't our fault that this is happening, even though... And I'm shitting my brain. I've done so many bad things and in look, my past. And mainly... A lot of the people who are going to complain about this stuff are the people, the middle Americans, who are coming of largely Anglo descent, mm -hmm. not from Spain. So why would I be getting revenge against them? That's a really good point. Lots of reasons to hate the English, of course. <laughs> but they were no strangers to ruining empires of their mm -hmm. own. Yeah, you had never even met an English person in your life. Why no. would you hate somebody the of only, Anglo descent? Like myself and many people of my land, we love Morrissey. Ah. So if we were going to accept him for one reason, we mm -hmm. would we would give the whole British people a pass from, gotcha. the, the, from the mouth of Manchester. Yeah. Aztec people love Morrissey, and so if anything, they're going to have a positive feeling yes. for people of Anglo descent. Or maybe we would take it out on the Southern English because you know they look down upon the right, 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 exactly. Um, let's uh, switch back over to James Dean for just a moment. So I have this question for you. Um, and it has to do with like the studio Why system. Why am I such a loser? No, I would never say something like that about you, James Dean. You're famously cool. No, I meant that's your question oh, for that's yourself. My, oh, come on, James Dean. <laughs> Jesus. So after you signed with Warner Brothers, this is a question about like how old Hollywood used to 
engineer like gossip to generate interest in their stars. Yes. So you, Rock Hudson, mm-hmm. and Tab Hunter mm-hmm. were sort of billed as the eligible bachelors for Warner Brothers Studios. Um, and that they would they would spread these rumors about all the actresses that you were dating and everything. Um, but Rock Hudson and Tab Hunter were both famously discovered to be gay years later. What? You? I'm sorry. So that's news to you. You didn't know about that? No. You didn't know that Tab Hunter and Rock Hudson were were gay. No. So you, the three of you, never talked about like all the dates the studio was making you go on with all these actresses and everything. I mean, we all hung out together, but then we we went on our dates. It was always like. We all spread out, separate from each other. Okay. And then, as usual, we'd meet and never, ever speak a word of it. Really? Yeah. It was Jimmy Rock and Tab. Jimmy, you called, you called Rock Hudson Jimmy Rock? No, I was Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy, comma, Rock, comma, and, and Tab. Tab. Yeah. Gotcha. Just, Just the three of you guys three would hang out. normal named guys. The three of you would hang out together. Yeah. Uh, you'd meet your dates. You'd each go off separately. Yeah. And then Presumably to surf and have sex in Venice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, then what we'd do is um, we'd all have our dates. Then we'd all um, come back to the house. We'd look into camera. We'd talk about how our dates went. Mm-hmm. And then um, at the end, um, we would kick one of the dates out of the house. Um, and... Um, then the date would get to talk about what they liked and what they didn't. And then uh, next week we'd have a new date. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I don't know uh, whatever happened to I'm them. Sorry, James, almost James, a game of the process. You, what you're describing sounds very similar to the TV show The Bachelor. I, excuse me? I'm sorry. So you're saying that these women would come in, you would date them, then they would talk to people to camera about the dates. Yeah. And then into a film camera. Into a film camera. Yeah. And then, and then you, I guess you would pick a, a girl that you, liked the best from this process is that right well we would and then again we'd have our dates totally separate completely separately yeah. yeah um absolutely yeah yeah knowing that they were gay now do you think back on any of their behavior like and, and think like oh well clearly they were uncomfortable dating all of these actresses or or, or clearly this was not something that they were all that interested in mm. no because they really like the dates yeah. I mean, listen, a gay always, guy could still have a nice time with a straight woman if they're having dinner or having drinks or whatever. Yeah. Well, so the dates, you know, it didn't really confuse me because it was fun. We all laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, what always confused me was when they would come back after and then have sex with each <laughs> other. That should have been... Uh, that that was always that the should, moment. That should have been a, a tip-off, I think. There are... All types of reasons why that would happen, though. Mm, that's a good point. I yeah. mean, you have a uh, not not an obsession, but we could say I'm not obsessed with that. <laughs> I, I don't you, know why you'd even bring that up now. Uh, or at least let's. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm getting the uh, the quotes correct. Um, that you are quite free of sodomy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, does right. not mean entirely free, and so I'm sure that you Montezuma can imagine a scenario in which two dudes would have sex with each other, and doesn't mean that they're gay. Yes. Right? Yeah. Hey. Hey. Uh. Why don't you uh why don't you try the uh the the Gatorade that Jimmy got during break? I'm sorry, you want me to take a sip of the Gatorade that he that he bought during the break. That he bought during the break. Oh yeah, yeah, just um 
It's it's warm because anyway, try it out. It's <laughs> car. It's the uh, it's my favorite kind of yellow kind. I feel like you guys are deflecting questions about sodomy by getting me to drink some of James Dean's urine out it's of this pee. Gatorade it's pee. bottle. I knew that. I knew it, and I didn't drink it. <laughs> but you Anna looked at it. <laughs> but you wanted to. You so wanted you're to saying so that? Bad. So this is a good bully because I looked at a Gatorade bottle for urine. <laughs> She's the two of you. Uh. I'll, uh, I, we might only have time for one more question. Um, uh, and so, you know, famously, James Dean, you only were able to make three studio films. Uh, East of Eden, Giant, Rebel Without Cause, all dramatic roles. Um, mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you pass away in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any idea of, like, what trajectory your career would take had you lived past those first three dramatic films? Yeah, well, I always... You know, I always played like rebellious teens, mm, yeah, the angst-ridden teens, and I just thought, yeah, I'll just do that for the rest of my life. You just be angsty teen I'll for the rest of your life. Just continue to be. I think I would have been uh, Dylan McKay in Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Dylan, I think yeah. I would have been. Um, he was the troubled one. Yeah. yeah. Gabriel Carteris really gave it a good run for its money as well. Yeah. I'm sorry, Gabriel Carteris? Carteris, she was the... She's Andrea Zuckerman. Yes. And now she's the president of SAG. <laughs> That's right. I think we were all surprised to find yeah. that out. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, um... I just figured, look, I I just... I only knew, you know, I only knew how to express what I was. Mm-hmm. And that was someone who died at 24. Gotcha. So, I don't know. You know, I, I think maybe I just would have played a... A teen, well, I would be on Younger right now. Right. You know, somebody like that. Right. You know, just someone in one of those those teen movies and or TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I'd just be saying things like, uh, boy, that's a good looking greaser. It's a good looking greaser? Yeah. Okay. Or, um, you know, things like, hey, why don't we uh, go jump the gorge and um, cover ourselves in gold? You know, I, I, again, guys, don't do that. I think that. if you put some kind of, like, aloe down and maybe, like, <laughs> just really treated the skin beforehand and the, so maybe the gold like was almost solid, a little I think of, we can make it work. A little bit of Vaseline, maybe. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the way that they do uh, fire if you need to set yourself on fire in a movie. Uh, yeah. Hypothetically. Yeah. But again, I want to reiterate, do not smoke cigarettes. Do not cover yourself in molten gold. Either of you, I don't think it's a smart idea. I'm definitely going to do it. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just well, thinking of, like, what a resounding thud. I'm going to make when I jump, when I'm covered in gold and I try to and jump you, over something. In, in your motorcycle? And I fall. Yeah, you could make a suit out of it, but you you're want you you want to get the molten stuff on there. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that, that's the best way for it to shape to your body more specifically, like a fine tailored suit. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. Um, and I'd like to thank my guests, Montezuma and James Dean, for joining me in the studio today. Don't smoke. Don't cover yourself in gold. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, I usually ask my guests if they have like any, uh, comedy shows or Twitter accounts that they're big fans of, uh, James Dean, is there anything you want to tell people about? Of course. Um, I think you should all, all you kids out there, all you little punks should go see premiere of the improvised musical Fridays, 10 PM at the magnet theater. All right. And, uh, Montezuma, anything? Uh, I, I also enjoy going to the, the magnet and watching uh, the music industry on Thursdays. Thursdays uh, at 7 p.m. And uh, be on the lookout for an, another podcast called uh, the Dis 
<laughs> kind of forgotten the name of it. <laughs> it's, it's not out yet. Year well, of the week. Year delightful. of the week, where we year, talk about one year at a time. Year of the week. Okay. Uh, check out my stuff at jaredbranson.com. Buy my book, The Kill and Conway Technique. See my improv, te- improv team, Junior Varsity, every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Uh, rate and review the podcast. Uh, hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofearbrooklyn.org. If you have any questions, you can email them to us at that email address. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Fear Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh.